Welcome. Wait. Oh shit, baby's crying. Hello and welcome to Whenever It Kicks with Jessie Cave from Trolley. In this week's episode, she's going to be talking about what are you going to talk about? Kit. Kit. Uh, she loves a bit of kit. Little various uh, Amazon delivery drivers who attend our door with new accoutrement for the baby that we use for anywhere up to about one and a half to two weeks before they go in the bin and kill a dolphin. This is Whenever It Kicks with Jessie Kay. Thank you for listening. Hi. Hello, it's me. I don't know if um, if that introduction worked by my daughter, but it was a nice thing to try, isn't it? Um, I am today feeling quite good. I recently had another scan, one of my extra bonus scary scans, and thought I would talk a little bit about it just to start things off today. So as you know, if you have found me via the Instagram, the little baby inside of me is small. I am measuring small. And I have had three babies, all who measured small, very small actually. And I always used to joke about it because I maintain that I don't look pregnant. (laughs) until I'm about nine months pregnant. I think I can get away. I look a little bit pregnant in certain clothes, but, and and with my posture and stuff, but largely, or not largely, I, if I wear a, a big t-shirt, which is my, 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 my style, and I hunch over, which is again, my, my posture of life, then I, I don't think I actually look that pregnant. But anyway, Bibi and Alfie thinks I'm mad. But nevertheless, I am actually small. And I guess I'm a small woman. I'm five foot four and a half. Don't forget that half. And it's really funny how whenever I have an appointment, they're like, well, you are very small. And I just don't identify as somebody who's um, small. Anyway, that's another issue, which we could delve into at another point. But the fact is, this baby at this point in the pregnancy, should be a bit bigger. So they're trying to work out why this baby is on the third percentile. Is that what you say? I don't know. But um, so they're going to keep monitoring me and it basically looks like I'm heading for a fourth induction early again. And I'm actually, I don't feel that scared. I think it's really confusing this whole small baby thing because I think what's confused me is, and this shows how much of an idiot I am, and please don't judge me for what I'm about to say. Please. <laughs> I can just feel people leaving me once I say this sentence already, but I didn't quite understand what a placenta is, and I still don't. So it was only in this scan that I had recently where they started talking about the placenta loads. And suddenly I was like, what? What? Hang on. What? For some reason, 
Up until this very day on this scan, I still thought the placenta was... Okay, I don't even know what I thought. I When they said, you know, it's a temporary thing, I just nodded. But inside I was like, what? Obviously, I know I've delivered three placentas. But the thing is, when you give birth, you're a bit frantic with giving birth and just having the baby suddenly or like with 10, you know, the trauma of all of that. So I don't even really remember giving birth to, to the placentas. <laughs> really, I, I just have no recollection. I know it hurt and I know that it came out and I know that Alfie kept our placenta in the freezer for too long after 10. But still, something inside me just thought, the placenta is still in you all the time. And it just kind of, oh yeah, it might have just come out a bit, but there's a little bit still in you. And am I a complete idiot? Yes, I am. Anyway, so this doctor who was brilliant, randomly brilliant. Um, and I'm not slagging off doctors in general. I'm part of a doctor family of our whole history as doctors on my mum and my dad's side. And my mum was a GP too. Um, my older brother is an any &E doctor. Like we have doctors, like we, you know, it's it's us. Still, I haven't had that many great experiences with doctors, apart from my own family. So I don't. It's not that I don't trust them, but I still always think I'm going to be dismissed in somehow. And maybe that's because I say stupid things about presenters, and I joke too much. And then me and Alfie usually are a bit silly when we're in a in in the audience of a doctor. It's always that like, <laughs> sometimes I feel like when Alfie's with me at appointments, I have to say before we go in to the room, um, I have to say, okay, don't, don't be funny. Don't try and be funny now. This is just, they won't know you're a comedian. They'll just think you're a weird man. So be careful. Anyway, I never managed to say that before we go in. On this day, they were running late. I had obviously been squeezed in and I didn't go into the room until 45 minutes after my appointment and I arrived in anticipation half an hour early. So I sat for over an hour on my phone stalking Perry Edwards from Little Mix because there were just some amazing photos of her postpartum body and I don't know why I stumbled across that but it just came off my Instagram feed and I got so jealous that an hour went by before I realized oh I haven't been into my appointment yet. Anyway, Perry, you look amazing. Well done. How? I don't know. But, you know, whatever. I hope you're having a nice holiday. And um, anyway, we eventually went in, like, you know, the appointment was at 12. We went in about, we went in about, like, five to one. And I was, like, I was angry. And that was probably because of Perry Edwards and just the jealousy and Instagram and stuff. But, yeah, so when the doctor didn't really apologize for that weight of course it's not her fault it's no one's fault um I didn't expect her to actually then be brilliant anyway she was and after she scanned me and it was clear that, okay this baby is still tiny um and she said you know it might be a number of things and we need to work out why and we need to plan and you know when something serious happens you kind of freeze well this is what happens to me anyway I so I could, I, could, I, I could tell that what she was saying was serious and, and Alfie I think could too, but I still, I just couldn't take in any information. So she started talking about placentas and some placentas, and it's only from doing a little bit of Googling, some placentas just 
have a timeline and they stop working at a certain amount of time, uh, like in your pregnancy. And then it's up to you what happens or up to the baby what happens or up to the system what happens. So, and you can't really um, work out the timeline of the placenta until labor or until unfortunately maybe something goes wrong. So I think the reason they're being so cautious with me is they don't want it to be an issue of my placenta stopping working and that's why the baby's not growing. And weirdly, if I think about the three pregnancies I've had, um, I wouldn't be surprised if my placenta is a 38-weeker because all of them, well, Donnie and Ten were 38 weeks when they were born, 38 and a bit, but I was induced at 38. Um, and Margot, so they were all 6'5". Um, I don't know what that is. Kilograms? Pounds? Pounds. Pounds. God, I'm so stupid sometimes. Um, yeah, so they were all 6'5". But Margot was 40 and 4. So in those two weeks, between 38 weeks and 40, she should have grown, right? She should be above 6'5". She should have been the heaviest because she was in the longest. But no, she was the same weight, which is at least a little bit of evidence that my placenta maybe is a 38-weeker. Even though it would be a new placenta each time, which is why I don't understand, but maybe you're genetically dis predisposed to having a placenta that lasts a certain amount of time. Does this make any sense? And does anyone give a shit is what I'm trying to work out. But I, I spent that night after this scan Googling. And I've decided I am no longer going to Google because five minutes of Googling placentas was absolutely I just, I never want to go through that again, honestly. And I really just wanted to share this anxiety with everybody because you just don't know what's going to happen in your pregnancy. You don't know if you have, you know, naturally small babies and that's why this all happens. You don't know if you have a timeline of 38 weeks in your placenta or you don't know if you're going to be induced or you're going to just, your waters are breaking, the baby will come out within two minutes. Like you don't know what's going to happen. So there's no point trying to work it out online before it's happened. Just don't Google anything. If you're worried about it, don't Google it because there is ultimately nothing you can do. The only thing I can do right now is continue to be healthy, continue to eat, obviously, um, continue to try and be as calm as possible, which obviously I am a such a naturally zen person, so that will be no bother for me. Um, <laughs> and all I can do is be open-minded about what's going to happen and try and put myself in the best position possible to bring a baby into this world. If that means I'm suddenly induced, if that means that you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to risk it, basically. I'm not going to risk anything. I'm not going to be um, proud and wait as long as I can to have this baby, which I really wanted to do with 10. I am going to just do what they say. And if they even hint that the baby should come out right now, I'm going to go for it. That's my plan of action. Um, and I think if this had been my first pregnancy, I would be a little bit more worried and timid about what to do and you know you really dream of the perfect labor I don't know if this is stupid but you really think it's going to be 
this what you've seen on one born every minute or what you've seen in films like you know some famous birth scenes in films like where women are doing it you know they're screaming and but then it's amazing and euphoric and you know, the truth is it's, n- it's never anything like what you're gonna it's never going to be like what you imagine so just let your, yourself dream of those things but your labor will not be anything like your imaginary labors so you kind of gotta let those dreams go anyway that's how I chose to start up this podcast by telling you not to google placentas um so I tried to shut down that google search and I got really obsessed with this BBC show called couples therapy which is a real show real like documentary type show but it's filmed like a drama with really cool music it's filmed beautifully it's got this beautiful therapist woman who's got this lovely voice she should be doing a podcast she reminds she's in my head she's what Esther Perel looks like in that where where we began podcast which is all about relationships which I love and I don't know what it is I think I'm doing this huge um uh, I'm having this I'm, I'm I'm really trying at the moment to understand more about myself in the run-up to having this new baby because I just really don't want to have a breakdown I'm not saying I'm I'm on the I'm you know I, I'm on the verge of having a breakdown but I just really want the next few months to be as good as they can be and I know I have a lot of problems within my own or um the way I handle things, I, I know I could do a lot better. So, And I'm too stubborn to go to therapy. So these kind of shows are amazing for me. And I just, I should pay them. I should pay to watch these shows. She's amazing. And there's all sorts of different couples on there. And they all have problems that I relate to. And, oh, it's just made me feel so much better. I've realized that my issues with alcohol not I don't have a problem with alcohol I have a problem with drinking alcohol I don't drink enough um I realize it all stems from my my problems in my teenage years of like traumatic experiences I had and parties that were awful and me just trying to have some form of like hmm me not drinking is a way of me saving my life and that sounds really extreme but it's only because one of the the characters in this show that's what they said about her so I'm taking that I'm trying to save my life by not drinking um I could that's that's a completely not the topic for this podcast and I'm sorry but I really insist that you watch couples therapy it's brilliant Alfie won't watch it with me so it's very much like you on your own watching don't watch it with your 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 person because it's a private thing I think it's just great and it's got two series so you can just really just bed into it in your bed and now I have decided even though no one has asked me to and no one maybe even wants me to but I just thought it'd be nice for me to talk a little bit about kit and what I think you need when you have a newborn and I guess I'm in that that mindset at the moment of organizing and nesting and buying. And um, yeah, so I thought it'd be nice to just just to give my my opinion about things you need and things you don't need, because I do think there's a lot of waste that goes into having a baby. And it'd be nice if we all kind of didn't do that as much. And I know I can't talk. I'm having a fourth child. Like there's so much waste. Um, 
but I am going to try not to buy anything this time around, amazingly. And I don't actually think I need to buy anything. And also, now that I've given up with 10 in the cot, which is a co-sleeping update, I just, I, the second I go to bed, I put him in the bed with me because I just, I know in the middle of the night, oh, like not even in the middle of the night, the second I go to sleep, he's going to wake up and then I'm going to have to sleepily bend over the cot and maybe damage my stomach trying to pick him up in my half sleep. And it's just not worth that risk. So, so the baby can just go straight into this new cot. And obviously I'll, I'll bring it up to the, the height for a newborn, but I'm not even going to bother with a Moses basket this time. Anyway, here is my list, my, my recommended product list again just to reiterate no one has asked me to do this and I also I'm not one of these amazing women who knows if everything is um like ethical and you know uh, uh got a low carbon footprint or is you know recyclable I don't know anything like that I'm sorry and I'm really sorry if everything I'm about to recommend is is evil okay but this is what helped me so first of all and somebody did ask me about this a sleepyhead. Now, the company have just changed their name to Doc a, Doc a Tot, which is an awful move for that company. Why do that? Why do that, sleepyhead? Anyway, the sleepyhead was brilliant for Donnie and brilliant for Margot. And I tried to use it for 10, the same one. I even for Donnie and Margot, I even got the bigger size, the grand deluxe one, which we use less of. But the, the, the newborn sleepyhead thing is a great buy. And it's mainly great for co-sleeping if you're planning on doing that because when you first have a newborn, you can't co-sleep. And you probably know this already, but it is too dangerous to have a tiny baby in the bed with you. It's just too dangerous. When they're a bit bigger, fine, don't use the sleepyhead. But when, when they're just born, you have the sleepyhead on the bed next to you and it just makes the night a bit, night a bit safer. And you can take the sleepyhead all around the house. I'm refusing to use Docker Tot. That's why I'm keeping on calling him sleepyhead. Sorry. Sorry, sleepyhead. Sorry, Docker Tot. Um, so you can take it all around the house with you. And you can get different patterns ones. I've only got plain, plain one. But you can get ones with palm trees on, I think. Get a palm tree one. And um, <laughs> it might not even be palm trees. I think it's just leaves. Get the leaf one. Uh, I really recommend that for making life a little bit easier. I know you can get these little shallow Moses baskets now, which I've seen, which are really cute, but I'm, I'm stubbornly not going to buy anything, so I'm not going to get one of them. Moses baskets are what you think you should get when you first have a baby, but I actually think they're useless. They're the most common product people buy, and they are cute. You know, they look like, you know, they look idyllic. But they're huge. They take up so much space. The baby, I have, I've never had a baby that's been happy in a Moses basket for longer than two minutes. I even tried over Christmas last year to decorate ours because we had lost the bonnet, well, bonnet, bonnet, bassinet, something, thing, the thing, canopy, whatever. I decorated that with like toys and I hung things down. I try and find the image of that. And it, he, he didn't give a shit. He didn't, he didn't even notice. So, I'm I'm actually going to get, we actually use the Moses basket. My mom has it and she uses it for toys for when they are there. And that's all we use it for. And we're, we've got rid of, basically we're going to get rid of it. So yeah, don't get a Moses basket is my recommendation. And also because until they start moving, they can be put anywhere. You can put the baby on the bed, you can put the baby on the sofa, 
You can put the baby on, you know, a nice blanket on the floor. You just don't need it, is what I'm trying to say. You can get ones that move, which is quite cool. But again, it's just so much space. And if you live in a small place, just not worth it. Anyway, my second wreck amendation is a Velcro swaddle. So I only discovered these with baby three and I just can't believe I didn't have them before. Amazing things because they do say one of the risk of uh, cot death and stuff is, well, you know, suffocation is the, um, the having a blanket. So you should definitely get like a, a, a sleep suit rather than putting a blanket on the baby. Again, I didn't, I, I mean, I didn't do that until 10. I used blankets and I didn't even notice before how dangerous it could be. Um, but Velcro swaddles are amazing. And my favorite look for this baby was um, a love to dream one. Love to dream. They look hilarious in these little things. <laughs> and I really think that that was worth each time. And actually for friends who've had babies since, I've always just bought them a love to dream swaddle. And you can also get some cheaper ones off Amazon that, probably aren't you know <laughs> probably aren't as um ethical or whatever but they're you know just velcro swaddle on amazon um actually i think they were made of bamboo so yeah i am ethical all right the other thing that i do think has been a game changer for me has been a sterilizer unit and obviously if you're planning to breastfeed you won't need one of these but even if you're not planning to breastfeed dummies which are i think a godsend it's such a drag to to sterilize and if you just have a big tub that you know you can just fill with water and sterilizing stuff and then throughout the day whatever you get dirty you know even I, I, I've always found things that the babies hold and like their little toys their chew toys or spoons I've always used instead of toys I just give my baby spoons and um yeah you just put them all in the sterilizer unit and then you know that they're they're safe for the next time you use them and it's just a bit easier just having somewhere to collect stuff throughout the day and then doing one lot of sterilizing rather than just constantly washing and cleaning. And that's by Milton. And that was something that I actually found really useful when I was in hospital with 10 with COVID. Uh, they gave me one while I was in there to sterilize. And I was just like, what is this thing? This is amazing. And we don't have a microwave. Microwaving is great for sterilizing. This is if you're bottle feeding, obviously. Um, but even if you're not, if you're expressing and giving your baby bottles, which I think is a great thing to do. Um, yeah, just get this sterilizing tub thing. Okay, then this is, these are more pricey. Okay, and I will disclose that I got gifted. Did I did get gifted them. And I, I am very grateful to these companies. And, um, but I was a patron of theirs before. So I did buy lots of Medela stuff before they gifted me this the swing medella so it's got a timer i think it's i don't know it's hand it's not hands free you have to use your hands is that what hands free means <laughs> anyway it's great cuz it's got a timer on so it's just it's just changed and it's oh it's mobile so you can go around the house with it that's why it's hands free oh yeah you don't have to be plugged into a socket oh my god anyway definitely great thing to get and like I said before with the feeding podcast I think even though you can get addicted to pumping I think the sooner you your body's in the mode of breastfeeding just like having some supply there at least in the freezer is just makes you feel a bit more secure you just know okay if something happened you know there's milk in the fridge the, the freezer it's okay 
Um, so definitely a Medela swing pump. And I was also lucky enough to be given an LV pump, which was a just amazing thing to have when I was writing. So I was finishing Sunset as Ten was born. I was meant to finish it before he was born, but he came early and then and then a week's work, it would have taken me one week to just do these final tiny edits, ended up taking me four months. <laughs> but during those four months, I used an LV while I was at my desk. So I only worked in two or three hour stints. Um, and my mum or Alfie had the baby. But while I was sitting at my desk, I would pump. And I didn't even have to use my hands because it was in my bra, this LV thing, which is great. So it's a really good thing for uh, if you need to be hands free and pumping. I will warn you that you do get addicted to it because then you can just pump all the time. And then when your baby needs to be fed, you don't have any milk in there because you pumped it all. So don't get addicted like me, idiot. But the actual better purchase, I think, from LV is called an LV Curve, which is a collector. So when you're feeding the baby on one side, what you don't know until you have a baby, probably, unless you're like a breastfeeding expert before you've had a baby, which would actually be a quite weird thing to be, unless you're a midwife or something. When you're breastfeeding the baby on one side, milk does come out the other side. <laughs> and it hurts a bit and it's just, it's annoying because then you just waste this milk. So it's great to have something in there in the other side that collects this milk. And it's, they're cheaper, it's like 30 quid from LV. And that, that was amazing because then what it means is that throughout the day you collect a tiny bit of milk every time you feed the baby and you switch sides and stuff and the milk that would have been just wasted you're collecting and then what the curve LV thing does is it draws out a little bit more milk so if you save that milk in a bottle put that in the fridge and then at night you can start getting into a routine of feeding the baby a little bit of extra milk just to get the baby to sleep a bit longer for that first stint of sleep. Game changer. If I had known that, if I had known that for Donnie, oh my God. So that's a tip from me, a top tip. LV Curve. And you can get a cheaper version, which is only £12 off Amazon, which is called a Hacker, Hacker Pump, which isn't as attractive, I will tell you, because it looks like, <laughs> it looks like a cone. <clears throat> so you basically, you do the thing of, sorry, <clears throat> You put the, the hacker thing on your boob that's not feeding the baby to draw out milk when you're feeding the baby on that one side. But it, you, you, it kind of hangs off the edge of your nipple and it looks like a weird, like, it looks very strange. It looks like a beak. And Alfie did this really embarrassing thing of every time I asked him to go and get the hacker pump, he would then insist that he put it on my boob. And then it would just be this whole thing where it was just like, ha ha my look at my funny boob and it was really funny to be fair to everybody it's a funny thing to look at the LV one is more discreet and you won't get laughed at so much so you choose you choose um, and the last two things I really recommend and I couldn't have lived without don't cost any money and they're socks just get just like any old sock like tube socks Nike you know socks whatever not don't have to be not why did I say Nike so when you're feeding and you don't use an LV or you don't use a hacker pump and the baby is feeding or whatever, or even if they're not feeding, you know, just have a sock down your bra at all times. And this sock will be a multi-purpose sock suddenly because will not only like, you know, make sure your, your boob isn't like leaking the entire time. Sorry, true. It happens. 
um, but it also the the sock will smell of you. And then when you try to get the baby to sleep, um, you can put the sock near their face and they smell of you. And apparently then it makes them less scared when they wake up and then they get back to sleep a bit easier on their own. I don't know if that's ever worked, but I like the idea and I did do it. And yeah, I use the sock for everything. I use the sock for like babysit. I, I mean, just I use so many socks. There's every photo of me basically has I have a sock down my bra. And the the last thing is pillows, loads of little pillows. So you can get like special breastfeeding pillows, which are great, but I actually prefer them when I'm not breastfeeding just to like sleep with and sleep on your side when you're pregnant. Great. Again, I got some cheap ones off Amazon. I should have got an expensive one, but now I'm too, I'm like, well, I got the cheap one, so I'm not now going to order it, an expensive one. Like, got the cheap one. Um, but they come with a little pillow. And actually the little pillow they come with is more effective than the actual breastfeeding pillow just for everything. You need so many pillows when you breastfeed. So just stock up on as many little pillows as you can. And if you can't find little pillows, then just fold your pillow in half and get like an extra tiny t-shirt and stuff the pillow in the t-shirt. That's my other top tip for you. For you. <laughs> uh, and then what was the last thing? That was it. That's it. Oh yeah, a baby bouncer. And this is another slightly pricier thing. I think they cost like 120 or something from Baby Bjorn. It's a baby bouncer. And I've, I've used the same one throughout. It's, um, it's just amazing. They're the first thing you can put the baby in. So much better than a Moses basket. They are, oh, you can tie little toys around them. Just brilliant. And you can, they can keep, you can keep them until they're about three. They can stay in them. Marga still tries, tries to get in tens and I have to tell her, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're my top tips. Sorry if that was boring. And yeah, I really hope that you don't need to buy that much stuff and you can work out a way. I think a lot of people are put off having a baby because they think they need to buy so much stuff. And actually, I just really don't think that's true. Apart from anything else with Donnie, you know, we barely knew each other. We, I was stubborn. And I didn't want to buy anything before he was born because I was paranoid about that tempting fate or something. And I, I still have that weird superstition. It's really stupid. But um, we didn't have anything for Donnie, really. And it was fine. <laughs> you don't, you just need a couple of things. You just need some nappies. I try to do the, um, you know, the eco-friendly nappy thing. But that didn't work for me. So I salute you if you are going to attempt that. But you have to wash it on 90, I think, which is just as bad. So I don't really understand the logic. If anyone can give me any advice about eco-friendly nappies I would be more than welcome you would be more than welcome you you okay I'm gonna go now thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you soon I think in the next podcast what am I going to talk about oh yeah I'm gonna talk about fears fears of birth because I have started to have some more some more nightmares lately I thought that'd be um, interesting to talk about and birth rituals ancient birth rituals so if you are interested in those two things please listen to the next one thank you so much for your messages if you have listened to this podcast and you sent me a lovely message I so appreciate it I don't reply because I just I, but I do read them all so just know that just know that um, I'm not a very social person so I find responding to messages just like mm, I don't even speak to my friends so I'm not going to reply, but don't think that I don't really appreciate them, really value everything you say. And I'm just so overwhelmed that so many people have listened and um, 
I found them moderately helpful. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure you've got a better list of what to buy than me. So I wish you all the luck and I will speak to you soon.